there, my friends, out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastics deep in the mission where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for <laughs> is in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. She was walking on 
Love fans, today we'll end our two-week tribute to Charlie Morgan, so I'm playing the saddest song I can imagine.
Mama, I always said, Child, don't you go to bed with the blues. The angels will watch over you tonight. You think a happy thought, Child, as you drift off to sleep, sail away on your dreams to the sweet morning's light. Cause sun flew away till morning. Moon come to see us, see us through. Round the corner of the starlight, tomorrow waits up for you. So don't you go to bed with the blues A little boy lies in his bed and cries He had a fight today, it still hurts him inside And they said what he did was good What every brave young man should So why? He asks the darkness, does it all hurt like a lie? Then his mother comes in, cause she feels him. The darkness becomes soft and warm. With a kiss and a hug and a little bit of compassion, he's asleep and weathered his own important little storm. Sail away, little person, in your warm trundle bed, and sing me the day's final sigh. And may your seatbelt be tight as you cruise on through the night. May you always have someone to kiss you, sheep she by. Cause sun flew away till morning. Moon come to see us, see us through Round the corner of the starlight Tomorrow waits up for you So don't you go to bed with the blues
Good morning, Labor and Love fans. This is the B, <clears throat> a.k.a. Bill Morgan. It's Saturday morning, 10 a.m., and we are here working the day shift with you. The morning shift, to be specific. Bringing you labor opinion, labor history, Labor, labor commentary. This is the show where we tell you how it is. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, negotiating table that is, where you work, you're on the menu. 
And never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. It's just a waste of time. Labor and Love Radio, where the labor meets the road. Good morning, everybody. And our first set there was kind of a mixed bag. Aquí no será, a song by a local musician, uh, Enrique Ramirez, sung by Shortly Osmantly. Aquí no será, aquí no será. Written at the time of U.S. intervention in El Salvador. Actually, when wasn't there U.S. intervention in El Salvador? Aquí no será. Here it won't happen. And the lyrics in the song talk about the Mission District of San Francisco. It won't happen here. We will not lose. We will not surrender. For that was Charlie Morgan, the featured artist today, my brother who recently passed away. And he sang a lullaby, Mama Lullaby, about a little kid going to sleep after a tough day. And before that, like I said, the saddest song I know, The Sky is Crying, made popular by Elmore James. This version was Gary Coleman. The sky is crying. So as I said, we're going to feature some more Charlie Morgan this week and our usual mixed bag of labor news and labor issues. We uh, still sort of taken aback by the by Charlie's death and anyone who knew him of course will be really surprised. But uh, we're going to try to soldier on here. What do we got for you this week? Who is Liz Schuler? Very important appointment this week. Liz Schuler. How did Oakland teachers take control of their return to school? A labor beat on Labor and Love Radio, our Facebook page. Nabisco bakers across the U.S. are on strike. What are the issues? A state court rules that California's gig worker initiative, Prop 22 it was called, is unconstitutional. Prop 22 was passed and it talks about gig workers. Companies like Uber are able to cut a lot of corners and spend a lot less money on their employees by calling them contract workers or gig workers. In other words, the law that was passed 
basically said that you're only working when you're driving and going to pick people up and driving them places. If you're sitting around waiting for assignments, you're not working. Therefore, you're not a worker. You're a contract person. Don't have to pay you benefits. Don't have to do a lot of safety things. Anyway, the court ruled that that was unconstitutional. Where will it go from here? In North Carolina's tobacco fields, guest workers battled the green monster. That's from In These Times. Gary Coleman, sky is crying. And hear from Luther Vandross, Lenny Williams, Francesca Fiorentini, something from Richard Pryor many years ago, still very relevant today, maybe even more relevant than it was. Um, radio Labor this week about child labor. Child labor? I thought that was all gone. <laughs> Not really. In fact, it's on the rebound. Okay, so that's our show, plus a lot, lot more, plus music of social significance. All right, let's start out here. Liz Schuler. Now, who is Liz Schuler? Well, Go to our Facebook page. And we'll hear a little bit about Liz Schuler. It's a huge day, Portside Org says. The AFL CIO names Liz Schuler to be the first female president. Liz Schuler will serve as the nation's top union official until September 2022. On the FLCIO's 50-plus affiliates can gather for their annual convention and vote on a permanent successor. The FLCIO's Executive Council appointed Liz Schuler as the Federation's president following the unexpected death of Richard Trumka. Schuler, who confirmed she will run for re-election in 2022, said in an interview she hopes that her appointment signals that the labor movement is modernizing and open to reflecting the change that's happening in our country. It's time for women to step into leadership. That's what I hope to reflect, the hard work, the dedication of women across this country and workplaces who are toiling and have toiled behind the scenes, and also leading strikes and picket lines. And for them to see their rightful place is in the union. They also elected Fred Redmond to succeed Schuler as secretary-treasurer, the first black American to hold the office, will lead a racial justice task force. The union membership rate at about half what it was in the 1980s, 
The organization is at a crossroads. Leadership must decide whether to maintain Trumka's near-laser focus on passing the pro-union PRO, Protecting the Right to Organize Act, or to step into a broader role in support of the labor movement by pouring resources into building membership. Editorial comment. This is the debate going on in big labor right now. What do we do? Do we put ourselves in at the elective booth? Do we try to get our senators and our congresspeople to pass labor laws, the PRO? He says, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can be in the halls of power, and we have to be out on the streets. So she's for organizing and politicizing. Passing the PRO Act will be a major focus. The FL-CIO will continue to work to pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill, infrastructure bill and try to ensure its priorities are included in the Democrats' separate $3.5 trillion budget. little background on Liz Schuler. Her first job was as an organizer for the IBEW, Electrical Workers. She eventually worked her way up to become a lobbyist for IBEW and later executive assistant to its president before Trumka named her his running mate in 2009. Trumka and Schuler had a very close partnership, not just as friends and partners, but as far as their vision for the labor movement. Okay, Liz Schuler. Liz Schuler and Sarah Nelson both in their 40s and from Oregon, lead the undeclared race to succeed Richard Trumka at the Union Federation. Both the women are from Oregon, they're both in their 40s, and both are prominent labor leaders. Hilder is now acting president of the AFL-CIO. Nelson is president of the Association of Flight Attendants. Anyway, so keep an eye on that, a woman being head of the, wor- the largest labor union. Up until this time, only one woman had ever been president of a labor union, of a major labor union. And... Um, Sarah Nelson was probably more prominent. Nelson, during the, during the, when the government shut down because the legislature and the president couldn't agree, the country briefly shut down, and Sarah Nelson said that 
workers should make a general strike. Um, bold, and that definitely made <laughs> unions come back to the t uh, employers come back to the table and the government to get the lead out and the Congress. Okay. Now here's an interesting one on port side. A huge shift for law, law enforcement. Police union shifts stance on protecting bad officers. plan of a committee convened by the AFL-CIO Teamsters and Service Employees International Union aims to encourage police unions to speak up and take action if fellow members are violating their professional oath or abusing their power. Fifteen unions that represent law enforcement officers across the U.S. have endorsed a blueprint for policing that includes an unprecedented shift in the way unions protect bad police officers. That's on port side, and this came out right after George Floyd was murdered. I don't see that it's gone very far, but it is an interesting idea, huh? A little more here on Liz Schuler. She became active in union work after college. Her first job was as a union organizer in the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, working on a campaign to organize clerical workers at PG&E. She became a lobbyist representing the union before the... Oregon legislature. She was involved in defeating a bill promoted by the Enron Corporation to deregulate or Oregon's electricity market. And we know what happened when that happened in California. Bizarre. Ended up with Arnold Palmer, <laughs> pardon me, Arnold Schwarzenegger as our governor. Okay, while in college, she worked summer, summers at PG&E, degree in journalism, all positive stuff. We'll see how all this plays out. Liz Schuler. All right, let's get some music on here. This is Lenny Williams, request from E.J. Coleman in Sacramento, California. Love you, Charlie.
time things got so bad until I had to go to one of my friends and talk to him and I told him I said you know I'm having problems with the woman that I love it seems that I call her on the phone and I I just can't get her to answer and then I went to her house and I saw a car parked in the driveway I knocked on the door but still my knocks went unanswered and then I went home and I, I watched television until television went off and then I played my records until I just didn't want to hear them anymore. And finally I went to bed, but I found myself waking up a few hours later. And the tears were running down my face. And my friend told me, he said, Lenny, you just ought to forget about her. But I told my friend, I said, you know, maybe you've never been in love like I've been in love. 
And maybe you've never felt the things that I felt. But this is what I told my friend. I said, you know, sometimes you get lonely. You get lonely. You get lonely. so bad, it got so bad, to one time I thought I'd roll myself up in a big old ball and die, and then I met you darling, and you smiled at me, oh, oh, it was such a pretty smile, yes it was, and you reached out your hand, you helped me, you helped me. Something told me it was over when I saw you and that little boy talking. Something deep, deep down inside. So this time.
I worked on a hotline for abusive men once. And the guys who worked on the hotline and the women who worked in the shelter became my heroes. 
And the guys who called up for help became my heroes too. My heroes are everyday people. Every once in a while somebody famous does something that's hero worthy. But it's mostly our everyday lives that contain the heroic acts. John called on the hotline today. He's my hero for the week. His hand was shaking as he dialed the number and raised the receiver to his mouth to speak. I need some help, he cried. I feel rotten inside. I almost hit hell in my bride. And it's our honeymoon tonight. But others aren't like John. They don't make it to the phone. Every 15 seconds, a woman gets beat up in America in her own home. So Gracie takes the woman in to a shelter somewhere. Give her sister some support now and take away the despair. My heroes are you. My heroes are you. Not just famous, but everyday people in the big, big things that you do. Pearl is my proud heroine. Just want to let everybody know. She ain't got much, but she always got a couple of bucks for kids to go to the show. Danny kicked cocaine. He asked for some help and he got some care. Look up Courageous in my dictionary. There's a picture of Danny there. Why, Cindy dumped the booze. She got some help from AA. Give me strength to see her do it now. She's my hero today. My heroes are you. My heroes are you. Not famous, but everyday people in the big, big things that you do. No movie stars aren't my heroes Unless they do something cool Like Liz Taylor when she give up drinking She said, I gotta go back to school There go Lizzie on back to school, yeah Most politicians talk a lot of crap I trust only one Barbara Lee Tells it like it is, true as the rising sun. Martin Luther King Sr. watches they murdered his son. Lost his wife to violence and his daughter died, said, I don't hate no one. Whoa, ain't that a man? Mm, ain't that a man? Ain't that a real kicking man? I don't hate no one
That's set. We're more over on the love side today than the labor side so far, but we'll catch up. You spend one-third of your entire life at work. So how come when you go to work, you give up a lot of very important rights? I urge you to listen to a guy named uh, Richard Wolff. Wolf is a uh, an economist, a Marxist, and his whole focus now is on democracy in the workplace. As far as Wolf is concerned, this is the difference, say, between a socialist and a capitalist mode of of employment. Democracy at work, where the workers who do the work have a say in how the factories run or the workplace is run. They have a say in the dividing up of the profits that they themselves produce. Their bosses are elected. Now stop and think about that for a minute. Would a company that's run like that all of a sudden up and move to China? No, it would not. They would find ways to make their work and their situation better. Would they pay gold parachutes? Would they pay millions, tens of millions to their CEOs? No, of course not. At any rate, that's that's what Wolf believes we should concentrate on. Maybe more about organizing the workplace. And I think in the coming weeks we'll have a feature from the Real News Network housed in Baltimore talking about how co-ops made it through the pandemic. Pandemic, by the way, which is not over, which is coming back every bit as fierce as it was before. But a lot of people are just going along, acting like nothing's amiss. We're opening back up. Yup, yup, yup. Okay, here's an article we talked about at the top of the show about the Oakland Education Association. Now, when I was a teacher, the two teachers' unions merged in San Francisco. There was the Education Association. Generally, I only say generally, the more conservative of the two. Although on some things like bilingual education, they were ahead of the curve. The Education Association and the SFFT, the the Federation teachers, a self-styled labor union, not an association. In Oakland, that hasn't happened. It's the education association that represents the teachers. This is an article on labor notes. 
A union contract isn't worth the paper it's written on if it isn't enforced. And our boss, the Oakland School District, has a spotty record when it comes to honoring agreements. It was March when declining COVID case rates and expanding access to vaccinations, the Oakland Education Association's big bargaining team reached an agreement to end the school year in Oakland with in-person learning for small cohorts of students. A week later, our members ratified the agreement in a close vote. This is a big problem now for schools. It's August, September. This is the, the season when schools are opening. So what do you do? COVID is out there. We had insisted on and won robust safety measures that exceeded state and federal guidelines, social distancing, small and stable cohorts of students, ventilation, health, screen, health screening, screening, universal face coverings, hand washing, protective personnel, personal protective equipment, and enough time for all school staff to be vaccinated before students returned. Our legal right to inspect workplaces for safety is ironclad in California. But with buildings still mostly empty at that point, we wouldn't be able to conduct walkthroughs without the employer's cooperation have somebody unlock the doors and let us in. So he made the boss an offer they couldn't refuse. A union president publicly invited the board members to join us as we conducted safety walkthroughs at every single school before students returned. The optics of their interfering with our rights would have been a public relations disaster, far worse than any unfair labor practice award. It also held us accountable. We started by looking at public health data and identifying the schools with the highest COVID case rates. We trained our union stewards over Zoom on the safety measures in our agreement, how to conduct a safety walkthrough at their school, and where to turn for help if needed. Nearly one in 10 union members is a shop steward or other elected leader in our union, giving us strong worksite, worksite coverage. Post to the results on Google. People felt more agency knowing they could enforce because the expectations were really clear and had been made so public, said Vilma Serrano transitional kindergarten teacher. Help create an environment of trust and collective problem solving as we embarked upon for what was for us a scary endeavor, reopening our school during the COVID. Okay. 
That's by a second grade teacher in Oakland and the OEA. So this is a deal that they made with their board, the Board of Education, to do this thing in a partnership. And the the tactic they used was to reach out to the board and say, let's do this together. If you don't let us in, it'll be hell for you. <laughs> Definitely. So Oakland's opening up. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I wanted to talk about the Blair Mountains as far as labor history goes. Blair Mountain is the Blair Mountain is the a battle uh, greatest labor uprising in our nation's history. And uh, happened in West Virginia in 1919. Let's listen to that. To reduce the risk of wildfires, PG&E may proactively turn off power when severe like weather is Prepare before a power shutoff. Okay, wait a minute. Okay. Here we go. In 1921, 10,000 miners gathered together to unionize the southern West Virginia coal fields to fight for their health and for their safety. They were met on Blair Mountain, and a battle ensued. Today, Blair Mountain is threatened by mountaintop removal coal mining. They strip away the entire forest, bulldoze away the soil, and start blasting. It wouldn't happen at Antietam. What they would like more than anything in the world, these giant corporations, is to destroy this great monument to the union movement, the American middle class, to American values and American democracy, and that's Blair Mountain. And I've come to the conclusion the history of Blair Mountain actually is a motivating factor behind the industry wanting to blow it up. They were asking for an eight-hour workday, um, you know, to work five days a week, eight hours a day, to be paid by the hour uh, instead of the ton, so that they could be, so that they could have a stable income and not work, you know, 14 hours. They weren't asking for the sun and the moon. They were just asking for human decency, basically. If you had money coming to you, you was paid in scrip. No. Uh, no. Uh, there wasn't no such thing as you having any money coming to you. For your you didn't make enough to even feed a man and his wife. 
But the most important thing that happened during that period to restore our democracy was the emergence of the union movement. And that really, and the biggest battleground, the frontline battleground for that battle was on Blair Mountain. And when they realized that the state government wasn't going to help them out, and they realized that the national government wasn't going to help them out, and they were starving, you know, in tents, you know, that's when they grew desperate and that's when they grew violent. Social movements that are nonviolent, that, that have been successful, have mostly developed in the 20th century, Gandhi and then King. Um, uh, and until, you know, in 1921, that hadn't happened yet. Frankie and he said, you know, the only way you can get your rights is with a high-powered rifle. And he told them to go home and await the call to march. They started out on foot. Um, um, at one point, probably around Danville, they ended up hijacking a train. There was an army waiting for them at Blair Mountain. Uh, this was an army made up of state police, of mine guards, and of citizens. And then what actually brought the whole thing to an end was that federal troops from Kentucky were called in. Well, as soon as the miners heard that the federal troops were coming, they thought, first of all, that the federal troops would be on their side, and they'd try to, to work on the side of justice rather than on the side of the coal operators. Indeed, they didn't. They went in and started arresting people, so the miners then fled. They really didn't want to fight the U.S. Army. It's a bittersweet time because, on the one hand, they lost, and the, the, you know, the Union was broken for the next you know, 12 years. Um, but on the other hand, it's, it's one of those mileposts that you look back on and say, that was a really important moment. And in fact, even though it initially led to a setback, it finally led to going forward. Yeah, brings back a lot of memories. Sure does. Blair Mountain means the start of this union in here. That's, that's 90% of it, that's where it started from, Blair Mountain. I'm a charter member of the United Mine Workers of West Virginia. You've got rights when you've got a union, ain't you, buddy? I become the mine committeeman, the safety committeeman, and the hospital committeeman. I didn't let them die with nothing. I think the symbol that Blair Mountain represents of people standing up to the coal industry is one that they would just as soon have obliterated. See, they're going to fill this hollow in here, too. This is going to be uh, the Atkins Fork Valley Field right here. So it's probably going to meet their valley field over here, at the branches. Yeah. There was a dirt road that went up the hollow there and through the, through the pass here, Low Gap. And uh, we know there's a lot, there was a lot of uh, fighting going on there. That's a valley field right there for the Atkins Fork mine, right there. If you walk up that hollow, you'll be on top where the uh, all the artifacts are. We're going in with metal detectors. We're not finding anything made after 1921. That means that those artifacts are dated before 1921, which puts them right at the time of this battle. Most of the miners probably just pulled their squirrel gun or their deer gun out of the closet and a, a couple of boxes of ammunition, and they went to war. And I found miners' bullets coming all the way up, right? And so now we're seeing the defensive parts right here, a whole bunch of fired rounds, and then we just now found an incoming round. Now when you have a lot of spent bullets like that, uh, the lead part, then you think, hey, there was some pretty close quarters here. And so you think 
the miners were really putting the heat on them. Right down over the hill, we found some patterning of pistol rounds, which are short-range weapons. But the things you find in the soil don't lie. They tell the truth. And they've been there for 90 years, and, and then all of a sudden, they start testifying. We know that they broke through at Crooked Creek Gap. I think that they broke through at Mill Creek Gap. And what we're finding here with the archaeology is, is that they possibly were breaking through here. This piece of land right here uh, is one of the most significant stories in American history. And if it's destroyed, then it's going to be gone forever. Essentially, you're taking the most uh, incredibly bio biodiverse temperate forests on Earth and this amazing uh, aquatic resource and uh, poisoning it, annihilating it, and destroying it forever in order to get to the coal. And, you know, at the base of the mountains where this is going on, communities are being driven to extinction. You just couldn't turn a company loose like A.T. Massey because they'd feel Tug River up. they put the river over here, you know. The coal companies are willing to do anything to get at that coal, including destroying a wonderful historical site that belongs right up at the top of the historical battlefields in our country. Uh, it made it onto the registry, and then all of a sudden the rug was pulled out from under uh, those people who are trying to preserve the mountain. Um, and I think it, it was pretty underhanded the way that happened. And so they gave us a list, we commented on it. They used a different list, we commented on that, and they said that it's too bad, it's too late, the comment period was over. Part of the objectors who um, signed on to objecting the nomination, uh, two of them are deceased. They've been dead for one of them for over 20 years. And so there's just a huge amount of discrepancies. This 1,600 acres is roughly what we came up with that included most of the archaeological evidence. And the problem with it right now is that that 1,600 acres just happened to have millions of, of tons of, of coal underneath. And of course, the coal companies are vying for that coal. They want to actually blow the tops of the mountains up so they can get to the coal. I don't approve do it. it. I don't, I approve, don't approve, approve it at all. I don't approve it. I hope it. they stop it coal. You go down to Mingo County, you go down to Logan County in southern West Virginia where that battle was raged in 1921, and people who are still alive remember their ancestors who fought in that battle. We want to save Blair Mountain, by God, because that's the working man's temple. Too many people died that day, so we all can be speaking here tonight. Too many. Blair Mountain, you know, it, it's a part of us. Oh, you know, it's, it's like a fiber, you know, in and in, you know, in the clothing, you know, and you know, it's just one little piece that kind of puts the whole puzzle together. If I was still in there, I never stopped till they run that plumb out of the damn country. I mean, if it took a war, we would be right there in it. Look, you couldn't even protect this one very special place. Why don't you just give up? Now we're not going to do that. We're not going to give up on Blair Mountain. We're not going to give up on any mountain. These mountains here, this is my Blair Mountain right here. It matter. Part of it's been blew off. Well, if you don't like mountains, go to Kansas or someplace, you know. Don't tell me to leave. My, I'm a pioneer family here. I was here before the coal companies come, before the politicians' buddies came into this area. My family was already, had taken up roots in this area. 
Well, I hope it turns into everybody's Blair Mountain. You know, that's all we can do is hope and fight, and and, and that's something we'll continue to do. In the West Virginia coal fields back in 1921, the National Guard, state police, and the coal company guns shot down a hundred miners. The bosses saw his bombs, and up on Old Blair Mountain, the ghosts are feeling strong. So now there's an effort to get Blair Mountain listed as the lands unsuitable for mining, and you can help. Please follow the links at the end of this video to know how to do that. Thank you so much. Shot down at the Logan County Courthouse, coal cops fired around. 10,000 Union miners were buddy mingle bound. And they say up on Blair Mountain, you still can hear the sound. Okay, that was the uh, a documentary about Blair Mountain, one of the real, uh, one of the real uh, milestones in the American Labor Union, where coal miners in West Virginia actually took up guns to protect their right to unionize. Right now, I've got a call. Got a caller. Um, Earl Coleman, good friend of Charlie Morgan's. Hey, Earl, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Bill. How's everything going? Uh, we're doing fine here, having a pretty good show. Like I say, we dedicated our show this week as well as last week to the memory of uh, my brother Charlie, who is a good friend of yours. And I'm wondering if... Uh, You've got any stories or things about Charlie that you could share with us? Well, uh, I'll try to uh, be as brief as I can. I've always taken from Charlie, <laughs> and he was always willing to give. And that meaning, uh, if it was a song that he always sung for me, I would ask him, I would uh, insist, really, that he sing the song to me that, I felt and I really appreciated coming from him. I don't know how many people are aware of Charlie, but one of the things, he was a great musician. He also was a, a person who could build uh, equipment uh, that's needed for uh, certain kind of jobs that he uh, uh, took on. Uh, there's nothing negative that I could say. We haven't had any verbal conflicts. We never had any disputes. He was a true friend, just like you and all of the rest of us that goes back to the 70s. Yeah, okay. We And um, those, those were good days. Charlie, I remember Charlie often telling me about, you know, the song he'd always played for you. I think we played it last week. Maybe if we have time, we'll play it again this week. But um, I think 
I think what I had to say about Charlie, it's just really hard for me to to figure out, you know, what my feelings are, is that I still think he's there. You know, I still think, oh, well, he could call me up anytime or I could call him up. Uh, he was so, li- you know, alive and aware and he always had different ideas, you know, what he was going to do. It's hard for me to figure, you know, that he's not there anymore. Well, listening to uh, the, the two dedicated... Uh weekends that you've uh, gave to him in his memory, how can you, when you play his music and hear that distinctive voice of his? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, that's Charlie. There he you is. remember it because he didn't have a distinguished way of speaking, that, you know? Yeah. He was, a, he was a person that I'm pretty sure everyone that knew him loved him. You know, not just his friends that was close to him, but those who came in contact with him for a short amount of time. He was a, a great person. Well, and that's not because of his death. It's because it was Charlie. Well, yeah. I, I, When I go over there, you know, I stop being, I stop being Bill Morgan. I get to be Charlie's brother. Charlie was a, <laughs> yeah. he was a real member of the community. I mean... Uh, when we went over there, my sister and I went over there to clean out his apartment. We ran into all kinds of people who were just shocked. And I remember the lady who was tending bar in, in one of the bars there just shrieked when I told her. And she ran away. And it's like she left her job, you know. She had to go somewhere and be alone or I don't know. But anyway, he did leave his mark on the community for sure. On, on quite a few people, and 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 you know, like I said, you you hear uh, positive things when people pass, but uh, some things are you know higher than expected. And, but in Charlie's case, there's nothing negative, and there's nothing that's not positive that comes from mentioning him. Nothing's made up, and really, I love him. As much as you did, because I spent quite a bit of time with you and your family. Oh, yeah. So I used to, and I, I really love Charlie as much as I love all of my friends. And, and not from the past, but from the future now, that we're still able to communicate with each other. All right. All right. Here, here. Um, I, I do, I should say to the to our radio audience that a lot of the songs I'm playing today, as well as some of the ones I played last week, were suggested by you. So I want to thank you for that. Sure. Uh, and, the, and the thing about that, I, uh, I try to see what will fit in for the program and for a tribute to uh, Charlie. Mm-hmm. And even though it may be men singing to women, it's just like when Charlie was saying my favorite song to me on the beach when we'd been camping out. <laughs> yeah. uh, he would put my name rather than a female word or name in the song. Oh. And again, I've got, I got more out of him than he did out of me. Uh-huh. And I appreciate that from him. Well, Nothing he- can be said outside of he was a great person. It had many talents. 
Yeah, he certainly was, and he certainly did have many talents. Okay, well, like I say, thanks again for the songs that you suggested. I still have a couple more I want to play, especially uh, I haven't listened to Luther Vandross for a long time. That's going to be a nice one to hear that. Um, yeah. Okay, anything uh, else you want to uh, say? No, I, I just want to close with okay. saying uh, it's appreciative for me that you're doing this for your brother but you're also doing it for his community and for all of us that listen to uh, your station. Uh-huh. Again, thanks for everything you're doing and keep doing your best. And uh, as a friend, good luck and may we all be here for a long time to come. Well, I heard that. Okay, here's to that. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much for calling in and thanks for your insights and and your songs. Talk to you soon. Right. Okay, my friend. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. So that was a friend of Charlie's, a friend of mine as well, Earl Coleman, calling in, paying tribute to my brother, Charlie Morgan. Um died on August 3rd, and we're celebrating him. The Blair Miners thing that we talked about earlier, the Saving uh, Blair Mountain, is uh, the whole uprising is chronicled in the movie called Matewan, M-A-T-E-W-A-N, in uh, a movie by John Sayles, and I want to say it's in 2010. Maybe not. Check it out if you can. Meet one. Okay, let's listen to uh, Luther Vandross. Song suggested by Earl Coleman, good friend of Charlie Morgan's. chair is still a chair Even when there's no one sitting there But oh, a chair is not a house And a house is not a home when there's no one there To hold 
What are you gonna do, Joe, when the war is won? What are you gonna do when you lay down that gun? Can't have no depression all over again. G.I. Joe, the CIO, has got a plan. We've got a plan, Joe, we've got a plan. Jobs and security for every fighting man. You fight for us and we'll fight for you And we'll all work together when the fighting's through New world a-coming, Joe, anyone can see When you come back from Berlin and the Bismarck Sea You'll be asking questions and we'll tell you man to man G.I. Joe, the CIO, has got a plan. We've got a plan, Joe, we've got a plan. Jobs and security for every fighting man. You fight for us and we'll fight for you. And we'll all work together when the fighting's through. Down in the valley, Joe, and up in the town. We've got to win the peace when you lay that pistol down. You gave us more freedom, now we'll give you a hand. 
G.I. Joe, the CIO has got a plan. We've got a plan, Joe, we've got a plan. Jobs and security for every fighting man. You fight for us and we'll fight for you. And we'll all work together when the fighting's through. If anyone should ask you who composed this song, tell them twas the CIO six million strong. And we're working people need us, that's where we stand. G.I. Joe, the CIO has got a plan. We've got a plan, yes, we've got a plan. Jobs and security for every fighting man. You fight for us and we'll fight for you. And we'll all work together when the fighting's through. All right, there. That was uh, We've Got a Plan by the Almanac Singers. Talking about when the war is over, what are we going to do? Join the CIO. Um, seemed like after World War II that there would be a, a big movement among the veterans, the people who had fought the war and the men and women here who had supported them. A great move towards democracy and anti-fascism. <clears throat> but the uh, powers that be, the capitalists, the 1%, whatever you want to call them, made sure that wasn't going to happen. One of those was things they did with the Taft-Hartley law. <clears throat> And uh, anti-communism, forcing unions to kick out people who are often their best uh, organizers. Got a special one here that Charlie loved, and it's not a a song it's a feature from the Richard Pryor show sometime in the 80s and Richard Pryor was talking about guns now, this is a little scene from one of his shows that takes place in a gun shop where as he goes around the guns actually start talking to him Excuse me, man. I'm sorry. I was looking you at you. talking to me? No, I was looking at. Are you talking to me? No, I was looking at the gun and I backed. You must be talking to me, man. I was. I was... Don't be talking to me, man. <laughs> you see that? Um, the guy, uh. He's around here all the time. Go ahead and look around. Help yourself. I don't have to take that kind of... I mean, you know me. I was coming in and the guy going to be just bumping. Neighborhood no, never touches anybody. Oh. Hey, boy, over here. You don't want me. 
I don't like you, boy. Come on down to my part of the country. Show you law and order. That's right. I remember a couple freedom riders just like you. I showed them law and order, all right. That's right. me up. Don't you find me attractive? Sleek, compact, feel my pearl handle. Mrs. Mercer said I used to make her feel sexy. We finally got a mugger. The last thing he saw was the fire that came out of my eyes. It was delightful. Yes. Slowly, gentle, I'm classy. Mm -hmm. Yes. Feel that? Ah, thank you. Ah. In. Smooth. Total precision. International. That's it. Look down the crosshairs. Imagine a man. There, panning across. There. Boom. You got him. Just like I've gotten many people. He better stay away from me. Don't touch me. Don't you put your hands on me. Don't touch me! I mean it. I'm warning you. I'm warning. If you touch me, I'll blow your fingers off. Don't touch me. I told you not to touch me. I know what you think. You don't think I have class, do you, huh? I've got class. I've got class. I've killed more than anybody in this room. Kill them, dead. Put me down. Put me down. That's for you better. Easy, easy. Hey, I got a lot of experience, you know? I've been with the force about 14 years already. 14 years. I know, I know. I'm a little worn out, but I can still do the job, huh? Murders, rapes, robberies. I always take care of my guys. That's it. How's that look, huh? A lot of experience in there. That's it. Give it a good look. There'll be a lot of law and order. That's it. Gently. I'm a little old. Thanks. What are those loudmouths know? They don't know from nothing. I was with the mob in Jersey. Yeah, put me closer. You know what I'm talking about? I know things that can... Uh, I like it in the air, too. Hmm? Take a quick squeeze. Huh, punk? Chicken. <laughs> talk. I, I didn't mean to do it, but everybody buys me. I'm just a nice little gun, but they make me do things I don't mean. I killed a little kid last week. I didn't mean it. 
didn't mean it. I didn't even know. I didn't even know I was loaded. And, but it did. It went off. I don't like this. Make me away. I don't want to be a gun. Use me for something else. Make me a wagon. Make me a bicycle. Please. No. Take me. Take me. Freeze right there. Don't pay any attention to the inferior. Yes. I've killed before. Look at me. Totally superior. A weapon of ethnic purity. There. Notice all precision. Yes, people don't understand the necessity to kill. My previous owner? Ah, uh, them need not talk of him. Yes, people enjoy killing each other. Look. Look down the side now. Don't shake your head. Touch me. See anything you like? No. Huh? Uh, no. And that was uh, the Richard Pryor show. From 1977, ably assisted there by the voice of uh, Robin Williams, who took two or three of the uh, parts, gun parts, as the guns talked to him, telling how, what effective killers they are, or the one gun freaked out, didn't mean to kill anybody. Bit too late for that. Well, it's just about time for us to get out of here. Got a few minutes more. This article uh, is on popular resistance, and it's about the Prop 22 that passed in California in the last election. And the proposition effectively put... Um, Uber drivers and other quote-unquote gig economy workers into a classification called contractors. Now, when you qualify somebody as a contractor as opposed to a worker, uh, you don't have to pay a lot of, a lot of uh, charges, a lot of taxes, a lot of benefits for people who work for you. They're gig workers. They're contract workers. In other words, their work only lasts while they're actually taking people back and forth or delivering food or whatever the service does. And uh, the company is basically not liable. This passed because uh, a lot, I think a lot of people didn't understand it, and they had a lot of the gig workers themselves. There are always people willing to do that. To say, oh, no, I, I don't want to, I don't want benefits. Uh, I want to be able to plan my day however I want, and uh, 
I don't want anyone telling me how many hours I have to work. The big companies spent millions of dollars. They spent more money in this campaign than has ever been spent before on a, uh, an initiative. So just recently now, just last week, a uh, California judge ruled that that ballot measure is unconstitutional because it infringes on the legislature's power to set workplace standards. Now, the California legislature had passed a law putting those kind of drivers into the worker category so the companies would be liable for more types of insurance, um, more safety regulations, different job situations where you might be paid while you're waiting for a call. Alameda County Superior Judge Frank Roche wrote Prop 22 is unconstitutional because it limits the power of a future legislature to define app-based drivers as workers subject to workers' compensation law. That makes the entire budget ballot me measure unenforceable. Roche later wrote that a provision in the initiative that prevents the legislature from granting collective bargaining rights to drivers is unconstitutional because it appears only to protect the economic interests of the network companies in having a divided union, an ununionized workforce. The provision applies unless a seven-eighths majority in the legislature votes to grant collective bargaining rights to drivers. Seven-eighths majority. Initiative with California approved and 58% of votes in November exempts drivers for companies like Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash from the 2019 labor law known as Assembly Bill 5, which requires companies to give benefits to more workers. Companies spent some $200 million pushing for Prop 22, which obligates them to provide a health care subsidy and wage floor in lieu of complying with AB 5. Union SEIU and a group of drivers sued the state in January in the California Supreme Court to overturn Prop 22. But the court declined to hear the case, directing the plaintiffs to file in the lower court. Okay, well, we'll definitely keep our eyes on that one. That's an important one for... Gig workers. Okay. About time for us to get out of here now. And I'm going to go out with Aquino Serra, either in El Salvador or in the mission. 
the bee reminding you that if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else gets a dollar. Someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. Reminding you that if you don't have a seat at the table, a negotiating table that is, where you work, you're on the menu. And never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. It's only a waste of time. This is the bee wishing you goodbye and good work. See you next Saturday, same time, same place. In the meantime, come on down to Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street, corner of Florida, a true community arts center where it's happening. Come on down to Mutiny and find your voice. of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio, my friend. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny radio, my friend. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought or two. 
You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael Spiegelman. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Let's Spiegelman. We're hosts of <laughs> YouTube uh, with Michael Spiegelman. Follow us on podcast by with our acronym LWAFLMOYT. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you and you listen to the podcast and yeah. watch the movie at the same right. time. Yeah. L W A F L M O Y T. Yeah, L W F L M O Y T. L W A F L M O Y T. That's every Sunday, two PM Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, five percent five percent Right. I'm so lazy. Three hours later I finally get to the show, five PM. Let's hear the theme song. Oh, uh, uh, let's watch full length. Oh, wait, let's do a full minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye. See, ya. See you next time. I was just leaving the theater. Convertible 1969 gold Cadillac with a white interior. I drove it up here. And I started to do some thinking. Around in it on the freeway, and I'm having a really, really good time. Flat black glass. Smoking big spliffs and cruising. Saturday noon to two. On the freeway. Good feeling. I am a total fraud. Lori Stanton's voice is absolutely right. I am Hattie Douglas, an adolescent. And I will cut the Hattie Blake. Henry. Yeah. Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Hey, everybody. Listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m.
Bassett and Fapping. My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. Invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. insatiable appetite for all things in life, who scream at nothing and everything at the same time, who dance till sunup, who cause the sun to set again with irreverent bow, who rival the moon with gravitational force, who leave rooms feeling empty and earthquake struck, who don't give a fuck, who make, who do, who dream out loud and laugh like maniacs, who draw shock and awe on faces graced with watching, who create from the soul of an orgasm, who swagger even alone in the shower, who fight with passion and love with passion and our passion who catapult over cliffs in the name of revolution who would rather die than fall in line to conform who constantly challenge the norm who greet each and every day as if just born i say to you i know your greatness the way a suicide jumper knows weightless just before the impact and in fact i know it best when i say to you i love you Hello there, my friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastics deep in the mission where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for... <laughs> it's indubitious. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen Summer Cottage on the Mountain Ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 